All right, raise your hand if you have ever heard me say the phrase, communication eliminates confusions, collisions, and catastrophes. A lot of you in this room have heard me say that. That's kind of my thing. I say it at work. I say it in youth group. I say it to my friends, and I say it to my family. I love that phrase. I'm continually saying that. Communication eliminates confusions, collisions, and catastrophes. I believe that. I stand by that. Um, when I was 17 years old, that's when I first heard the phrase. I was playing basketball, and my coach decided that that was going to be his saying that he would say to all of us. And it was kind of embarrassing. You know how they, like, huddle up, and they're like, they say a chant and on three, and everybody says it. Well, it's usually like, get them or go. My coach decided that we were going to say, communication eliminates confusions, collisions, and catastrophes. And when he told a bunch of teenagers that, we just kind of looked at him like, we really have to say that every time? Like, that's long. That's a lot. That's extra. And we were teenagers, so we had no idea how to communicate well, right? Can I get an amen? No, teenagers. <laughs> um, so we had to say that every time. And at first I was like, this is embarrassing. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. But we said it. Um, and it was about the time that I started really understanding the importance of communication. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we're going to be talking about one of the key components to communication, and that is listening. So I have some listening facts for y'all. Um, did you know that most people usually only remember about 17 to 25% of the things they listen to, 17 to 25%. So y'all are only gonna hear, listen to 17 to 25% of all of this that I have for you today. That's encouraging. <laughs> um, did you know that research shows, all the women probably already know this one, but research shows that men only use half their brains to listen while women use both. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> When I read that, I was like, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, did you know that listening to negative or complaining for 30 minutes or more can cause brain damage to the part of your brain that handles problem-solving skills? Yeah. And did you know that your words only convey about 7% of what you are trying to say? The other 93% is uh, com communicated through facial expressions, body language, and your tone of voice. Only 7% is actually what you're saying. Um, did you know that being listened to is so close to being loved that sometimes your brain can't even tell the difference? Um, and here's a couple benefits that you receive when you listen. You feel understood. You feel cared about. You feel accepted. You feel connection. And you feel trust. Those are benefits scientifically proven that you receive when you listen. So being heard is what we all long for. It makes you feel loved to be heard. Um, and truly listening is the greatest gift that we can give to those around us. Yet it's one of the hardest things to do. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Yet it's the opposite for all of us. We're quick to become angry, we're quick to speak, and we're slow to listen. Have you ever been around a really bad listener? They just talk and talk and talk, and when you finally have a chance to say something, 
they didn't listen to a word you just said because they're trying to figure out what they can say next. It's exhausting. Um, Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight and err in their own opinions. We've been around those people who don't care what you had to say. They're not trying to understand you or listen to what you're saying. They just want to say what they want to say, their own opinions. Um, I have a great video. It's the Big Bang Theory. I don't know if I'm allowed to play this in church, but it was a pretty good video. So Ben's got it for me to play. So y'all watch this. Play. 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 How do you do it? Trying to use a Jedi mind trick to control Stephen Hawking. Play. Play. Ugh. He must be wearing a tinfoil hat or something. I did a bad thing. Does it affect me? No. Then suffer in silence. Play. 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 Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Penny started taking a class. She wrote a paper. She didn't want me to read it. I went behind her back. I read it anyway. Stephen Hawking hates me. I don't know what to do. The paper's terrible. But if I tell her, she'll know that I read it, and she'll get really mad. I was beating him so bad he doesn't want to be friends anymore. Why does everyone love me except Stephen Hawking? Is it possible we're having two different conversations? How would I know? I'm not listening to you. Hang on. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Chess clock. We each get five minutes to talk about our problems. We'll take turns. Each turn will consist of a statement and a helpful response from the friend. Begin. I humiliated Stephen Hawking in a game of words with friends. He stopped playing, and now we're not friends anymore. He's probably busy. You're worried about nothing. Give it a couple more days, I'm sure he'll play, and you'll see that everything's fine. My turn. I can't let Penny hand in a bad paper, but how do I tell her it's bad without letting her know that I read it? Hmm. Beats me. Now, <laughs> I know Hawking's not busy because I can see he's playing other people right now. Maybe since you're so good, he's taking his time to meet the challenge. I want Penny to enjoy it. Wallace told me he's a big baby. He said, I didn't know that, and I played extract for 82 points. It's all Amy's fault. She told me to play it. I've got to cut her loose. Sheldon, I wasn't done talking. She hands in the paper tomorrow. I know I could help her, and she's my girlfriend. I, I should be allowed to help her. Why aren't I allowed to help her? Yeah, I hear you, brother. You need to give me some advice. Uh, fine. Uh, women, huh? No. <laughs> Specific to my situation. But, uh, blonde women, huh? <laughs> Empathetic. It sucks to be you. I quit. Leonard, wait. No. I listen to your dumb thing. <laughs> Leonard, come back. Leonard, come back. Leonard, come back. What? Oh, of course. It only works on the weak-minded. <laughs> All right, that's an example of a really bad listener, right? Did not listen at all, was no help. Um, when I was younger, those of y'all who know me, I have a really lot of energy. 
um, and my attention span was not very long, especially as a kid. I was a terrible listener. Like I was not good at listening at all. And mom decided that this was an area that I needed to grow in. So she decided that she was gonna help me. So I remember, I was a teenager. I remember her saying, Journey, do you know that you're supposed to make eye contact with people when they're talking to you? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, how long? And she's like, the whole time. I'm like, the whole time I'm supposed to look somebody in the eyes when they're talking to me? And she's like, yeah, it shows that you care. And I'm like, okay. So she's like, let's practice. So I'm like this, staring her down. And probably for the next year, that's what I did every time mom was talking. And I wasn't listening to a word that she was saying because I was repeating in my head over and over, make eye contact, listen, focus, listen, listen, make eye contact, don't look away, don't blink. I looked like a deer in headlights, like staring mom down, probably for like a year. But I guess she decided I mastered that, so she gave me a little bit more. And she was like, okay, now you need to like nod your head a little bit. Like, okay, like you can make eye contact and then nod your head a little bit. So then I'm like this staring her down. I'm like, how are you supposed to make eye contact when you're shaking your head? Like you get a little dizzy. And that's all I was thinking about for like the next year. I looked like a deer in headlights having a seizure now. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but mom was patient with me. She kept working with me. She kept, okay, all right, Journey, you're going to do this. You're going to master this. And then she's like, relax a little bit. Actually listen to what they're saying now. Come on, you can do this. She really worked with me. She really helped me develop some better listening skills. It was not my area of expertise. And I still have a lot to do in um, becoming better in that area. But I've come a long, long ways as a kid. So I have a list of some bad listening skills. And you all have a couple of these. Like it's not maybe you do, you all have a couple of these. So like note to self, be like, okay, that one's definitely me. We all have them. I highlighted like five for me. So um, we're just gonna go through these real quick. We have the nodder, which I just experienced that. Like they're not listening to you, they're just nodding. A little too much, a little too aggressive, okay. Then we have the eye roller before the conversation even starts. Like, hey, I need to talk to you about your mom. <gasps> They roll their eyes. They're already over the conversation before it even starts. We have the eye at wanderer. They're looking around for something better. They're just like, okay. We have the board. The lights are on. They're looking at you, but you know they have absolutely no idea what you're saying. They're just like, that was me too, looking at my mom. Um, the distracted listener. So they're listening, you can tell they're looking at you, but they're probably listening to the conversation behind you or they're thinking about what they're gonna cook for dinner. They're distracted, they got something else going on. This one bothers me a lot. Um, the watch glancer. You're sitting there having a conversation with somebody and then they look at their watch and you're like, really? Like that one? And then this one kind of goes hand in hand, the scroller. They're on their phone and they're just scrolling and you're talking. They're, I'm listening to you. I'm like, there's no way you can be listening to me and looking at your phone. There's absolutely no way. You can't. Um, this one, the one-upper. Yeah, I went to Montana on vacation and it was great. Oh, I've been to Montana 37 times before. It's fantastic. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, we were there for 11 days. Oh, I was there for 28 days. Okay, cool. We went on like a nine-mile hike. It was pretty fun nine miles we did 28 like they're one up in you like no matter what you say they've done it better they've been there they've done it and it was way better than anything you could have ever experienced or the one downer oh i'm so tired you're tired do you know what time i woke up this morning okay i don't feel very good you don't feel very good i got this and this and this going on okay all right 
We got the over-validator. They think they're helping the situation, but they're really not. Like, um, I just don't feel okay about this. You shouldn't feel okay about that. Like, you, if I were you, I would feel that and worse. Like, you're not helping. Like, they need you to listen to them and not, like, over-validate what's going on in their life. The bottom liner, too much information. They just want the bare minimal, just like, okay. We got the interviewer. This is one that I struggle with. Um, while people are talking, you're coming up with questions to ask them. Like, oh, really? Like, when did that happen? Or how did that make you feel? Like, you're, you're just thinking of the questions that you can say to them after they're done. Interviewer. We got the hijacker. They take over the conversation. We got the sentence completer. They finish your sentence for you. And then this one. Y'all, my family does this a lot, most of them. And it is really, really annoying. I can honestly say this is not one of mine. I got a bunch highlighted, but that was not one for me. And it's the debater. What color? Are you sure? What? It was 1053, not 1052. Like, they will debate it. They were questioning it. They will be like, where did you get that information from? the debater. Um, my family, they're all about that, and it's really annoying. <laughs> but we all have bad listening skills. I hope y'all like pinpointed some of those just now. We all have areas where we can improve in our listening skills. Um, and in order for us to be good listeners, we had to pinpoint the ones that we were bad at. Um, being a good listener is a skill that you can develop. Praise the Lord. We can all develop that skill. And most people aren't born just being a really good listener. It's something that you have to develop. Proverbs 20, 12 says, Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. So they come from God. Ears that can hear, that comes from God. And how do we get things from God? We ask God for those things. He doesn't just say, I'm not, God, I really want to be a good listener. Okay, here you go. We have to work at them. We have to grow. We have to practice. We have to know that it's the issue, and we have to work on that to become a better listener. Um, listening is an important, and it's an area we can all improve in. Now I have a little acronym. Y'all probably can't see it from there. But it's listening, and it's some ways that you can be a good listener. And they're all, um, I have scripture to go with them. I gave Ben the list of, like, scriptures to give to Sayla today, and he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I promise it's not going to be very long. They're just like quick, like little verses that go with everything. So um, bear with me. There's good stuff here. So L is loving motivations. And we find that verse to back that up in Proverbs 21, 13. And it says, whoever shuts their ears to the cries of the poor will also cry out and not be heard. So when you're listening to somebody who needs you, the poor in heart, the people who are crying out, we're supposed to listen to them. Because when we have, I mean, that's not the only reason, but when you have a time where you need somebody to listen to you, people aren't gonna listen to you because you shut your ears on the ones who needed to hear your, they needed you to listen to them. So we need to listen with loving motivations. Um, I is intimate concern, and we find that in Galatians 6, 2. And it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
So can we physically pick up the burdens of those around us? We can't physically pick those up. We can't take away the burdens of our loved ones, the people around us. But what we can do is we can listen to them. And when we listen properly and we listen out of intimate concern, we can help lift up those burdens that they're carrying. And the cool thing is when we carry somebody else's burdens, they're not heavy for us to carry. They might be smashing our friend and crushing them, but when we listen, we can help take that load away from them. When we truly listen out of intimate concern. Okay, S is slow to speak. And we already hit that verse, it's James 1.19. It's basic, y'all. We just need to be slow to speak. Then we have T for timing. We find that verse in Proverbs 15, 23. And it says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word. So we find joy y'all when somebody's having a bad day or they just need to talk to you. I find joy out of listening to them. And I really find a lot of joy when I have the answer for them. Am I alone? Anybody else feel that way? You feel good about having the good, a good reply for them? But how good is a timely word? So timing is everything. You might get wisdom and you might get a word for that person, but if you don't allow them to finish speaking, they're not gonna listen to what you have to say. God might have given you the exact words to say that could really help them, but you said it too quick and they didn't listen to you because they felt like you weren't listening to them. Timing is everything, y'all. You've got to speak at the right time. And then we have E, which is encouraging. Um, Hebrews 10, 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We're called to encourage those around us. We listen to them and then we encourage them. It's not helpful when they get done talking to just give them bad news or negative advice. Or yeah, you're like, you got no hope, just give it up. That's not helpful. Um, We're supposed to be encouraging to those around us. Um, And then the last one is in, and um, that's for needs. We find that in Ephesians 4.29. And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay, so when you're listening, you don't need to be listening for your own needs. You need to be listening to them and figuring out what they need, the response that they need and not what you think you would need if you were them. You read them, you listen to them, you pay attention, and then you answer out of their needs. So I have another video. I'm really used to talking to teenagers and they respond well to videos. So I have one more video um, that we're gonna play from my favorite movie ever. No! No, 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 you can't take my rockets to the top! Riley and I are going to the moon! Riley can't be done with me. Hey, it's gonna be okay. 
We can fix this. We just need to get back to headquarters. Which way to the train station? I had a whole trip planned for us. <gasps> hey, who's ticklish, huh? Here comes the tickle monster. Hey, Bing Bong, look at this. Oh, here's a fun game. You point to the train station and we all go there. Won't that be fun? Come on, let's go to the train station. I'm sorry they took your rocket. They took something that you loved. It's gone forever. Sadness. Don't make him feel worse. Sorry. It's all I had left of Riley. I bet you and Riley had great adventures. Oh, they were wonderful. Once we flew back in time, we had breakfast twice that day. Sadness! It sounds amazing. I bet Riley liked it. Oh, she did. We were best friends. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, now. Come on. The train station is this way. So a lot of times it's um, the go-to is to be like joyful and like, okay, let's try to make them forget about it or let's not really talk about it or let's focus on something else or let's be goofy or let's be funny. Um, that's That was joyful. That's what she wanted. Joy was just trying to change the subject. Let's forget about this. Let's move on. But what sadness did in that moment is what we're supposed to do. There's gonna be some uncomfortable moments and there's gonna be some people who are sad. And we're not just supposed to try to change the subject. What we're supposed to do, sadness literally did all of these things in my listening acronym. It was, she listened out of loving motivations, intimate concern, she was slow to speak, timing was perfect, it was encouraging, and it was the needs, their needs. It's what we gotta do, we gotta pay attention, we have to focus, and we have to figure out the needs of those around us and learn how to truly listen. So this whole message was birthed out of Romans 10, 18. Um, Dusty asked me to speak, and I was praying, and I'm like, okay, God, like I really wanna hear from you, and I was reading my Bible, um, and I opened it up, and I found this verse, and it says, um, before you trust, you have to listen. And I stopped and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I've never seen that verse. Like, I've never, or I've just skimmed over it. But it says, before you trust, you have to listen. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, I've always thought of those kind of as separate things and I've never really put them together. Um, so, before you trust, you have to listen. So if I were to ask you, do you trust people? And your answer is no. Maybe you have a listening problem. Maybe you're struggling with listening to those around you and not necessarily trusting those around you. The difference between hearing and listening, hearing sound, we always hear sound, we always hear the noise going on around us. But listening is when you comprehend the noise, the sound that you hear, when you put understanding to what you're actually hearing. The rest of that verse says, but unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. Final word, end of discussion. If it's not Christ, we are not supposed to listen to it. 
But every day we wake up and we listen to the voices that are not Christ. We listen to lies, we listen to fear, we listen to anxiety, we listen to depression, addiction. We listen to our hurt and not our healer. And that's not what we're called to do. At the beginning of the message, I pointed out the benefits when you listen. Well, it's the same when you don't listen, you get the opposite effect. So when you don't listen, you feel misunderstood. When you don't listen, you feel like you won't, you're not cared about. You don't feel accepted and you don't create connections and there will be no trust. There it is again, the trust. This goes for you and the relationships with the people around you. And it also goes for you and your relationship with God, most importantly. So if you're not listening to God, you're gonna feel misunderstood. You're not gonna feel cared about. You're not gonna feel accepted. You're not gonna feel a connection with him. And you're not gonna have trust with him if you're not listening. Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will listen. Y'all, before we even say what we need, God already knows, he's already listening. But the problem is, he has an answer too. It says right here, he has an answer. But the problem is we aren't listening to him. We're not blocking out the noise. We're not getting close enough to him to hear the answer he has for our lives. We serve a God who listens before we even start to speak. And throughout the whole New Testament, you can look at every encounter Jesus had with those around him. And one thing that he did every single time is he listened. He listened to his dumb disciples when they were complaining and their faith was small. He listened to the children. He listened to the Pharisees. He listened to the sick and he listened to the healed. He listened when people were weeping. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but he also listened when they were rejoicing too. He listened to the sinners and he listened to the saints. When someone spoke, he always stopped what he was doing and he listened. Now listening doesn't mean that we agree with the person's opinions. It means that we care enough about them to listen to what they have to say. So I'm gonna wrap it up right here with a little bow. So we listen and then we trust. Well, why is trusting so important? Why do we want trust? Why do we need trust? So right here, trust in the Bible literally means a bold confidence, a sure security. Trust is not exactly the same as faith, Rather, trusting is what we do because of the faith we have been given. Trusting is believing in the promises of God in all circumstances, even in those where the evidence seems to be the contrary. It is by this trust that we are promised peace. Isaiah 26:3. you will keep in peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. So we listen to those around us so we can hear their hearts and we can be there for them. We listen to the voice of the Father so we can get connections with him and we can learn to trust him. 
And when we learn to trust our Father, y'all, it's great. We have a bold confidence. Who wants a bold confidence? Me, like, what else will we want? Who wants sure security? And ultimately, we have peace. The thing that we all long for, the thing that we all need, no matter what battles we're going through, no matter what storms we're facing, we have peace. We don't have to understand what's going on. We don't have to know the outcome. We don't have to figure it all out. All we do is we listen, we trust, and we have peace. We listen, we trust, and we have peace. God, thank you. Thank you for this word. It spoke a whole lot to me over the last couple of weeks studying for it. And I pray that it will go into the hearts of the people in this room, God. And I pray that as a community, as a body, that we can learn to listen to those around us better, God. That we can listen to the voices of those around us. That we can be there for one another. But most importantly, God, I pray that we can learn to listen to your voice that when things are hard and they're not going the way that we want them to and it doesn't make any sense, God, that we can tune the noise out around us and we can draw in close to you and we can listen to what you have to say to us. And in that, we will find peace, God. We will find peace and we will be confident in who you are and who you say we are. We will be confident in the plans that you have for us, God that we can just remember that and that can just go deep in our hearts, God. Thank you for this room full of people, God. Thank you for everybody here. I pray that everybody would just enjoy their day and that it would be full of you and your presence, God. In your name I pray. Amen.